0: The following podcast is brought to you by the Creative Arts Curriculum Team from Secondary Learners Educational Standards Directorate of the New South Wales Department of Education. As we commence this podcast today, let us acknowledge the traditional custodians of all the lands on which this podcast will be played around New South Wales. Their art, storytelling, music and dance, along with all First Nations people, hold the memories, the traditions, the culture and hopes of Aboriginal Australia. Let us acknowledge with honour and respect our Elders past, present and future, especially those Aboriginal people in our presence today who have and still do guide us with their wisdom. Welcome to the creative cast podcast series. My name's Jackie King and I'm a creative arts project advisor with the New South Wales department of education. Today, we're going to have a bonus episode where we're going to talk about a visual arts resource that has been released recently with Alex Papasavis. Please welcome Alex.
1: Hi, Jackie. Thanks for having me on.
0: Thanks for coming on the podcast today, Alex so we've released some pretty cool resources recently part of this was released last year and then some of it was released last term as well we've released some support resources for visual arts for the frames practice and conceptual framework and I know that they're different resources for stage four and five and then for stage six so I was just hoping that you might be able to start us off today by telling us a little bit more about these resources
1: that are available on our website. Yeah, sure. So on the stage six website, we've got some support resources that are really intended for classroom use, and they unpack our core concepts in visual arts of practice, the conceptual framework and the frames. And then on the Stage 4 and 5 website, we've got a support document for teachers that we put out last term, which is more about the frames, but does touch pretty heavily on conceptual framework as well. So this is the way that content is organized in visual arts. And these ideas are really central to the way that we teach visual arts in New South Wales and provide a quite a robust framework from which to understand both art making and And critical and historical studies so these ideas of practice the conceptual framework and frames they're shared all the way through what i call the visual arts family of subjects (laughs) so you'll find this content of practice conceptual framework the frames all the way through the seven to ten syllabuses for visual arts photographic and digital media and visual design in stage six visual arts and then with some minor variations in the stage six content endorsed courses for photography, video and digital imaging, visual design and ceramics. So the resources themselves are pretty flexible because they describe and support the teaching of these concepts that are central throughout all of these subjects. Now, the resources themselves on the stage six website, there are three scaffolds. They were put up last year. They're quite condensed, they only take up one or two pages each, and they're in the form of some questions that support teaching and learning in each of those areas. So for practice, this one's split up into art making and critical and historical studies, because it can be really helpful to consider practices of makers and writers separately sometimes, and also to unpick what's sometimes a subtle delineation between art historians and art critics. So to give an example of what's in this resource, there there are questions here for practice in art making that include things like, what are the artist's intentions? What conceptual choices has the artist made? How has the choices of materials and techniques informed the representation of ideas? So these are really useful for either teachers or students to get into what practice in art making actually looks like and looking at some of those big ideas of intentions, choices and actions in both art making and writing. The scaffold for the conceptual framework is similar. It's framed as a set of questions for classroom application that support understanding of what we call the agencies of the art world, which are these big concepts of artwork, artist, audience, world. So in this resource, there are four or five questions for each of those agencies that could be really helpful for teachers or students to organize their thinking around these concepts. So for example, for audience, one of the questions is, who was the intended audience for the work? Has this changed over time? And that opens up some really big possibilities for a discussion or a line of inquiry about a particular artwork. And I'd also note that a question like that doesn't just consider audience in isolation, it also references the artwork itself. So it's a good example of a relationship between audience and artwork and considering those relationships within the conceptual framework are a really rich source of meaning and understanding in visual arts. So finally, the frames scaffold, as you'd expect, has four or five questions to support understanding in each of the frames. The frames really are a tool that we use to consider understanding in art from a particular perspective. Uh, We use subjective, cultural, structural, and postmodern. So these are like the big themes or big ideas that we can think about art from. And really the frames are meant to sit around the ideas of understanding that you can get from thinking about practice or the relationships between artwork, artist, audience, and world. Certainly by the HSC, we're expecting students to bring their understanding of these three areas of content together in a holistic manner. So a question from the scaffold that applies the perspective of the postmodern frame, like how is the artist challenging or questioning long-held beliefs, traditions or conventions, contains that idea of challenge that's really central in the postmodern frame, but it also references the relationship between the artist and the world from the conceptual framework. And that directive of how also brings in ideas about artist practice, so what they do when they're making artworks and what's motivated them to do so. not to be too repetitive, but the document we have for the stage four and five website, it's called programming for the frames. This is more of a support resource for teachers to inform their programming. So like a set of ideas that teachers might use to focus on a particular aspect of content or use to develop a line of inquiry in a unit of work. So in this resource for each frame, there's three sections. There's firstly an overview of how that frame intersects with the conceptual framework. So how For example, in the subjective frame, artists, artworks, audiences and the world are all thought of in terms of things like individual and personal experiences, feelings, memories, the imagination, fantasy and so on. So there are some examples there of like in the subjective frame, artists are thought of like this and, you know, goes on to clarify The way that those concepts interact with each other each frame has a glossary for some of the big ideas associated with that frame so again for the subjective frame we've got definitions or explanations of things like emotion memory sensory experiences and then for each frame there are some questions that could be used as stimulus in the classroom like what clue does the title of the artwork give about its intended meaning or how might audiences make a personal connection to this artwork so This document programming for the frame is really a support document or a tool for teachers to get ideas for how to approach that area of content in their programming.
0: Fantastic. Massive resources. Well, they sound like massive and really comprehensive resources that really help both students and teachers. And obviously they're about unpacking the core content in your syllabus. So yep. my next question, always in these podcasts, is <laughs> how does this resource support the syllabus or how is the syllabus evident in these resources? Are you able just to unpack that a little bit more for us?
1: Yeah. And you know, I've probably made these sounds a bit bigger than they are. I mean, the the scaffolds for stage six are only one or two pages each. So they're quite condensed. And both of these resources really, like, they're for teachers and students to engage directly with that language of the syllabus itself. So they're they're basically like syllabus references. We've been using these concepts in art education in New South Wales for a really long time, about 20 years. And I think most art teachers in this state would agree that this, it's a really excellent way to organise content for this subject. There's an incredible flexibility here. You can take these ideas of practice frames conceptual framework and apply them to any artwork, or any artist, or critical writing, or exhibition, or whatever aspect of the art world you're looking at, and use those ideas to generate and arrive at a really deep, robust, nuanced understanding of art. Scales really well, so you can selectively apply these ideas across the seven to twelve, and be able to ask any student, well, you know, in this artist's practice, what were their intentions? What choices did they make to create an artwork, and then? maybe go a bit deeper with things like, oh, well, how might an audience react to this or have they represented aspects of their cultural background and in that way lead students to a more advanced or nuanced understanding or interpretation of a work?
0: Yeah, so really helping to build that terminology, I guess, through 7 to 12 and making it more complex as it moves through the stages of learning. Yep. How... And I guess we've just sort of answered that. How can that help to improve outcomes for students?
1: Yeah, I think that having resources like this that make the syllabus language really explicit and clear is incredibly helpful. I I think a lot of this stuff is kind of intuitive. Like you might have students look at an Aboriginal artwork or something that's really obvious from China or Japan And they know that there are ideas about culture embedded in works like this, right? But having that framing language of saying, okay, well, we can use this as a tool to organise our ideas and explain how or why that culture is represented in that artwork or how the artist has related to the world to develop that understanding or what particular meaning or history some of those symbols might have being able to organize their thinking and recognize how this actually is exactly what the syllabus is asking for. I think that can be really helpful and particularly in the senior years where we might expect students to have a bit more of that meta understanding of the fact that they're taking an HSC course and that it has a syllabus and it has outcomes and it asks for particular things. And so having documents like this that organize those ideas that might already be familiar in a way that's very explicit and say, when we're thinking about practice, this is it. Or when we're thinking, you know, when we're using a perspective from one of the frames, these are the kind of questions that we can be asking ourselves to unpack meaning from an artwork or or about an artist's practice. But I think that developing that understanding in those ways of thinking in the junior years is obviously really critical as well. And having those names to give these concepts is important too. Yeah.
0: And obviously in your junior resource in the stage 4 5 programming for the frames you're showing how some of those different frameworks link up is that yep. right for want of yeah. a way of explaining it
1: Yeah that's right so actually when de- in developing this resource I was thinking about an older document that used to circulate a bit which was fantastic title practice frames conceptual framework But one of the things that was really helpful from that resource were these tables that said, hey, so in the subjective frame, we think about artists, artwork, world audience in these ways. This is spelled out in the syllabus, but having that organization of being very specific and saying, from this perspective, we're thinking about these agencies in this way was really useful. And then having a section that looks at relationships between agencies in the conceptual frameworks so what does an artist world relationship look like or what meaning can we discover when we think about how artworks and audiences interact with each other so those relationships are really important as well so in the stage 4 and 5 resource it is more for teachers they would have to be a little bit more selective about how to pull parts of that out for use in their classes and i mean there there are questions there there are definitions there are explanations of this syllabus content you probably wouldn't want to show the whole thing to a year seven or eight kid, but you could use some of the ideas and some of the questions in that document to, for example, set up a line of inquiry for a unit, you know, to set a question for a lesson or for an assessment task or something like that. And also having some definitions for, for some of the big concepts in each of the frames can be a helpful thing in the classrooms. So So say for the structural frame, there are some different definitions here for like, what is visual language or what do we mean when we're talking about composition or subject matter or aesthetics? And so having some of those terms explained in a support document, I think can be really helpful for people to go looking for when they need um, ideas or language in their programming.
0: Yeah. And I think that is really important too. Obviously you were just saying, you know, the visual arts syllabus is 20 years old. Like these concepts have been around for a long time and most visual art teachers should understand these. But I think it's really important too, that we're thinking about our colleagues who may be teaching outside of their subject area, like a music teacher might be teaching some visual arts in stage four, etc. And I think these that stage four and five resource document really does help to unpack some of those concepts, and I think it's really important to show though how they're interrelated because nothing mm. really has to live in a vacuum everything
1: yeah you know, it's a very old that's a very old saying in art education that art doesn't occur in a vacuum <laughs>
0: and,
1: but programming can't really occur in a vacuum either, right, and I think that this resource is. You know, as a quick reference, it might be a little bit easier for someone to navigate than the syllabus itself, even though it's come pretty much directly from the ideas that are in the syllabus.
0: Yeah, fantastic. So obviously there's two different resources that we're talking about here. Mm. We're talking about a Stage 4 and 5 support document that's really for teachers to inform their programming. And Mm -hmm. then we've got the scaffolds, which are are for Stage 6 primarily, um, unpacking the frames. So teachers can obviously use those different those documents in different ways. Yep. Just wondering if it's beneficial if we talk about how teachers could use the first document and then how mm-hmm. they could use the second resource as well. So could you unpack for us how teachers might be able to use the Stage 4 and 5 programming for the FRAMES document?
1: So the programming for the FRAMES document, I think, would be a good thing to look at when you're writing a unit of work in Stage 4 and 5. You could use it for stage six as well, really. I mean, the the ideas from practice frames conceptual framework, they all scale incredibly. Like you can apply those ideas across learning from seven to twelve. But if you needed something for, say, an assessment task, like if you needed, if you were setting an exam for year 10, if your school does year 10 exams, you might go to that resource to look for questions that relate to the unit of work that you've done. Or when you're writing the unit in the first place. You might look to, you know, like how might we consider this artist in the way that they relate to the world around them? Or like is this, are we coming from a cultural frame perspective or a structural frame perspective? What kind of language can I use in my program, in my lessons, in my resources to support that understanding from a particular viewpoint? You know, and it's sort of like a convention that we try to limit our use of the frames to like one or two at a time. You know, otherwise it's a lot. So being able to go to a support document like this to look for some more specific ideas I think could be really helpful in planning, in programming, in setting lessons, worksheets, like assessment tasks, activities, all of that sort of stuff.
0: Yeah, fantastic. And the Stage 6 resource... Are more scaffolds for students mm. with some questions and I know you're creating a stage six case study at the moment which yep. refers to those scaffolds <laughs> all the way throughout which is really nice
1: yeah so that's can right.
0: you talk a little bit about how as you've created your stage six case study how you've been able to use those scaffolds for teachers to be able to refer to for their classes
1: Sure. Well, we often say not to reinvent the wheel, right? And the the scaffolds there are quite, you know, they they concentrated goodness in terms of a resource for programming. So I really see these as something that in your Stage 6 class, this might be something that students have, you know, in their books or in their diaries as a reference at all times. So when they are considering an artist study or a piece of writing, They can go back to those scaffolds themselves to figure out meaning, to be like, all right, so my teacher has said we're looking at the cultural frame today, so what am I going to do? And then there are those questions there that help them to understand, well, actually, this is what is being asked of them. So this is one that's been designed really to be used by students in that way. It can be used by teachers quite easily as well to to set questions, to drive a classroom discussion, to develop resources and activities. But this is something that's accessible at that student level. And I think with some teacher moderation, you know, they could be used in stage five as well or used very selectively in stage four if you wanted to. And I know that some of the resources we've already published for stage five in that control alt shift set of resources does reference these scaffolds directly and says, Hey, like we're thinking about the cultural frame this time. So go to the frame scaffold and answer some of the questions from the cultural frame. The case study that is in development does have that throughout as well. So, and in situations where I've set a question that's particularly about artist practice, I'll say, Hey, go to the, go to the art making practice scaffold and and consider some of the questions there, or, in my writing, pull some of the questions from the scaffold and then selectively put them into the learning activities rather than sending the students off to just go for it themselves. Like sometimes uh, I think it's really good to have that awareness, especially in, as I said, in the AHSC course, where they have to engage with the syllabus a little bit more themselves. That's what's expected of them. So this is something that could be used as is directly, by students or to have particular parts pulled out and focused on by the teacher
0: fantastic they sound like really fantastic support documents for teachers and students to really start understanding the terminology of the frames practice and conceptual framework and mm-hmm. yeah helping to answer some of those questions or or, or posing some questions to to be answered Thanks for sharing about those resources today Alex and of course we do need to just uh, remind teachers that those resources are available on the Department of Education's curriculum website and there is a link to both of those resources in the show notes so you can click on that link in the show notes to access them you have a pretty exciting podcast coming up next week where you're talking to some pretty amazing art teachers can you please tell us a little bit about what that podcast or what we can expect from that podcast next week
1: yeah so this is uh this podcast is mainly about case studies in the hsc course case studies are huge and as as you know the expectation is that we cover five different case studies in the hsc course specifically and for me as a classroom teacher this was a very exciting time for me like writing a case study Maybe I'm just a huge nerd, but I really enjoyed devising those case studies, like grouping some artists together that had something in common and setting up a particular theme or a critical question or a line of inquiry and following that through for, you know, for a bit of a deeper look. So I'm interviewing two very experienced visual art teachers, Brian Shand and Melanie Casson, and they're going to be sharing some of their ideas about case studies and their approach to programming for critical and historical studies in stage six. And I'm very excited about it.
0: That sounds really exciting. And I'm looking forward to hearing some of those ideas. And I think it's really great for teachers to hear the ideas of other teachers and what's happening in other people's classrooms. Fantastic. Looking forward to that one. Thank you so much for your time today, Alex, to share about some of those resources. And we Mm -hmm. look forward to hearing the case studies podcast next week.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Jackie.
0: This podcast was brought to you by the Creative Arts Curriculum Team of Secondary Learners Educational Standards Directorate of the New South Wales Department of Education. Get involved in the conversation by joining our statewide staff room through the link in the show notes or email our Creative Arts Curriculum Advisor, Catherine Horvat, at creativearts7-12 at det.nsw.edu.au. The music for this podcast was composed by Alex Manton and audio production by Jason King.